you can't work hard enough for someone to choose you. No one's going to love what you do more than you do. You have to love it, and then people will love it. Because if you love it, then it's a pretty good chance other people are going to love it. But you can't do something or be somebody to try to please other people. You're listening to Inside Acting, a podcast dedicated to demystifying the inner and outer game of success in the entertainment industry. I'm your co-host, AJ Meyer. And I'm Trevor Algott. And coming up in episode 190, the third and final part of my conversation with actress and producer Alexandra Boylan, in which she digs into the nitty gritty of making and distributing an independent feature film, including all the things most first-time filmmakers probably don't think about. And we chat about what it is, yo, to operate in the world as a creative person, specifically philosophy, choosing the work as opposed to waiting for the work to come and choose you. It's all coming up in episode 190, so stay with us. This episode of Inside Acting is brought to you in part by VO2GoGo.com, the award-winning voiceover training system and winner of Backstage's Reader's Choice Award for Best VO Training four years running. Visit VO2GoGo.com start for a free getting started in voiceover online class that'll help you add voiceover to your acting portfolio. That's VO2GoGo.com slash start. Hi, AJ. Hi, Trevor. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. He's like sitting right there. I could touch you from here. Please do. Whoa. 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 You're not supposed to run with that, bro. What? You were my favorite bromance. Don't let Ben Whitehair hear that, though. Don't let Ben Whitehair oh, hear the bromance thing? Yes. The truth hurts, but you know. <laughs> We were the OG bromance. Oh, the it OG. It was you and me way before Ben. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. That is true. Anyway, dude, welcome back. Hi, thanks, buddy. We're recording this the day before your digital actor workshop is offered to the public for the very first time. Yeah. It's a little intimidating, I gotta yeah. say, because I've been thinking about this and I was like, you know, when it comes to university students... With the exception of a handful of grad students, I can pretty much guarantee, for the most part, that they haven't been out in the the quote unquote real world right. for very long, you know. But these are seasoned actors. I've got people coming to my workshop that have been in, in the game for David Ainge Lawrence the Seventeenth is yeah. coming for yeah. uh, you know for crying out loud. So you know, it, it, people been in the business a while, and I'm yeah. I'm excited. I'm nervous, but mostly I'm just excited. So sweet, man. Yeah, but well, I have all the details. Yeah, I was so gonna say, as well lay it on us. Yeah, finally, you know, because I've been saying it's happening, it's happening, but haven't really told people when. So if you're listening to this the day it's published, it'll be tomorrow night, Wednesday, April 29th, 2015, starting at well, registration starts at 6:30. The workshop itself starts at seven at the Kirk Douglas Theater in Culver City, California, and there will be a link to the event on our website. So, so what yeah. can people, I mean, we've talked about this, but, but I love the way you've been, you've been sort of talking about it in the newsletter and on Twitter and stuff. Uh, so what can people expect from this? What's the log line of the, of the workshop? What I usually tell people is I, I support actors in using their technology to make their lives as an actor easier, mm-hmm. simpler. You know, uh, my, my goal is to save actors time, money, and effort, time, money, and hassle. Um, and so, however I can do that, great. And the way that I feel like I can do that the best is, is by utilizing the technical knowledge that I have built up over years and years and years of whether it was, you know, starting to build my own PCs when I was 11, 12 years old on up to, you know, eight years now of working for Apple 
off yeah, and on. Yeah. So there's a lot of, you know, knowledge there. And I would have never thought, the other thing that I've been telling people is I, I would have never thought to teach a workshop like this before until I, I noticed that people were not taking advantage of their technology in the same way that I would. I thought it was simple is basically what I'm saying. Like I would do these things and I'd be like, yeah, that was easy. And then other people would be like, how did you do that? I don't understand how you did that mm-hmm. so simply. I'm like, well, you just do X, Y, and Z. I'm sorry. I don't, what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, oh, not everyone is taking advantage of these, you know, free tools that they, I mean, they're not free, but most people have a computer already. Yeah. So, yeah. um, easily accessible. Yes, yeah. exactly. Easily accessible. Yeah. So. I, uh, when I, when I first took like the very first iterations of this workshop years and years ago at Apple, I was really surprised at, at how you took some really, um, ubiquitous and sort of obvious tools and kind of just turn them towards an acting career. I mean, things like, uh, you know, Microsoft Word and, and uh, yeah, iPhoto like, and, and using PD. I mean, just the simplest stuff. And you were like, here's how you can do this. And I was like, yeah. oh, I, ne- I never thought of that. Yeah. My, Thanks, AJ. Yeah. Bing! You know? <laughs> Glint off the yeah. teeth. <laughs> I, I, my, uh, I, I profess this when I teach my workshop, but one of my favorite applications during the workshop or the, one of my favorite things to show people, honestly, is just like a dress book context, yeah, yeah. like the simplest little thing. And it's like people don't realize that it's, it's more than just organizing your contacts while it does do that, but it, it does all this other stuff as well and sort of getting under the hood of those things. And, and mm. I'm excited. Cool. I, get, I get all geeky about this stuff when I'm not teaching. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So. No, I, I am so stoked, man. And do you talk also about, um, like how far do you go with this sort of app, how this applies to people's careers? Do you go into like apps they can use and workflows that you suggest or uh, like, uh, like how far do you take it? Where, I, where do you draw the line? I guess I, I do sort of talk about systems. I don't go too crazy with regards to, to systems, but I do talk about systems that can sort of make actors life like i said before actors lives easier mm-hmm. one of the big things that i say well for, two things one is it's called the digital actor workshop not the lazy actor workshop so you know just because <laughs> you are sort of automating things doesn't necessarily mean that you can a automate automate everything and b like let yourself off the hook like i don't yeah. have to do any more work and then the other thing is it's really just about giving people ideas like you were saying oh i never thought of that before it's really just about giving people ideas and then letting them run with it in a way that makes sense to them. I will quote Alan Barton very often in the in the workshop by saying things like, do the admin you love. Like, if this seems like a headache to you, don't do it because you're going to hate every minute of it and it's not going to get done and it's not going to get done mm-hmm. in excellence, you mm-hmm. know. But here are some ideas. Go forth and do with them what you will. Hmm. So in that way, it can be sort of customizable, you know. And I say that right up at the top. I'm like, look... I'm about giving ideas and then you, you know, you use them however you see fit. Mm -hmm. And then I go through them. I'm like, here's an idea. 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 As opposed to this works for me and I'm going to force it upon you. Right, right, (laughs) right. I love um, that. It's it's, vers- it's empowering versus um, like you know dictating. And hugely so. empowering. Hugely empowering. I, there was one time uh, one of my grad students at USC raised her hand and said, um, "Do you have any su- suggestions for system? What kind of systems I can put in place so that I'm not stressing out when I get an audition?" And I said, well, huh. the, the first thing you need to do is not stress out when you get an audition. <laughs> I said, right. you, need to, you need to know, you need to be empowered enough to know that you're going to that audition regardless of what circumstances you need to make happen. Because she was talking about, you know, audition versus work. Right, right. The thing that a lot of us, you know, you, I told her about the Porter Kelly story. Oh, she yeah. was like working in a temp job and she was just like, oh oh, you're not going to let me go to this audition. Okay, well, thanks. And then started packing her shit and like left. Yeah. And they're like, what are you, where are you? well, I'm an actor and you're not letting me go to my, this audition, which yeah. is what I need to do as an actor. So I got to go. So, you know, yeah. so, yeah. you know, it's, I do, it, if necessary, I will like dive into sort of like the, the coaching mindset that I have from the work that we've done with, you know, MITT and whatnot. Yeah. So, um, and I love that. I love being able to have actors feel empowered. And if it happens with their technology, great. Mm -hmm. And if it happens just in their lives in general, almost better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Can't wait, man. Really excited. Be there or be triangle. Be there or be a triangle. (laughs) 
That's what I was going to say. <laughs> that doesn't rhyme. It What's doesn't. going on with you, uh, Body Beast? You know, yeah. Fitness geek over here. So we talked about this whole uh, Terminator mm-hmm. gig yeah, that, yeah. that you're going to be doing, and yeah. we talked about it on a previous episode. I just want our listeners to know that aren't sitting across from you on the same couch that <laughs> Trevor is even bigger <laughs> than he was the last time I saw him. It's ridiculous, man. I mean, I have kudos on like working your butt off, but I just I love that we joked about the fact that you were going to be able to do this for a reason, a very specific role, and you're you're clearly crushing it. And I'm, I, you know, we follow each other on social media, obviously too. So like every morning, it's like body beast, <laughs> shakeology <laughs> down the hatch. I'm such a <laughs> fanboy, man. I just get so amped up after the workouts <clears throat> that I just want to tell the whole world, like I just crushed some weights. They went to heaven. You know, like... <laughs> they went to heaven. I murdered them. <laughs> yeah. I just murdered that workout, uh-huh. and then I buried it in That's the backyard. Right. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, it's it's cool. I mean, it's a dream come true to, to be able to train for a thing, you know, and just loving that, a train for a, an acting-related thing. So cool. Uh, and, and you know, it's... I really... I, I, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but I really believe in these in these programs. I believe in the meal plan. I believe in the workouts themselves. I, I think if you... I'll just say it. I think if you have a gym membership, you're setting yourself up to fail. I think everybody should find a way to at least give one of these programs a try for like 30 days. Work with a coach if you need to. Hey, <clears throat> me. Um, and, you know, give the meal plan a go. Like if, if you just commit to it 100 percent, your life will completely transform. I, I'm such a fanboy and I'm going to stop now. But that's what I believe. I, people should also know that like right before we recorded like. An alarm went off. I thought your phone was ringing. You picked up your phone and you like turned off the alarm and looked up at the rest of the room and went, it's time for me to eat. (laughs) I was like, oh my God, this man has systematized everything Mm -hmm. in his life. I haven't even shown you my portion tracker sheet that I print out and carry around with me every day. It's, it's extreme. It's sick, man. It's a sickness. Anyway. I love it. But you know what? The results speak for themselves. Well, thank you. Like thank I you. said, if anybody who saw your freaking arms and shoulders right now, they would be like, okay, I'll set an alarm to eat on time. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. As if that's the only thing you have to do to, right to get the work done. Right uh, so tell me about this scene. No, I, yeah, I mean, I was just trying to think of news, you know, and uh, I, I saw another scene as a dedicated actor for the guys over at Rapid Reels and, and her image media, Miguel Amodio and my Michael Lang, who we both featured on the podcast. And yeah. these guys just do great work, and I had a great time doing the scene, and it, it turned out really nicely. And um, it was a scene where I was dying. Like, I had a mortal wound, and I was dying. I was up against a tree, you know, dying with... And it was emotional, and the actress in it is her name's Diana Huntley. I just had coffee with her today, and she's a wonderful person. And she was, you know, sobbing, and and I was like, this could so easily just be super cheeseball. Like, what if I screw this up? And Michael McIntyre, the director, directed, gave me some really great direction, and the scene turned out really well. And awesome. I just, I was like, it was a big sort of internal, like, yes, I, <laughs> I can do that. I can do a death scene without being cheeseball. I think. I can't watch it with other people, but I can watch it on my own and be like, okay, you did some decent work, Joe. <laughs> but if we sat down and watched it right now, I'd have to leave the room. Um, but, you know, like, anyway, it was, it was a little bit of an internal victory for me to, to, nice. to go there and feel like, okay, I, I, can, I can check that off the list of things I can also do as an actor. Yeah. Well, uh, and, and, and to have the footage to go like, okay, uh, you know, auditioning for this war movie, the character that I'm playing gets shot at some point. Let me submit this, you know. Yeah. Footage. Good point. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, you've totally. Got, you've got like a very specific calling card in that instance. Yeah. And you know, I heard and this actually is sort of an interesting segue to something. I heard about an actor recently who uploaded individual clips of his reel to mm-hmm. YouTube and would submit those individual URLs to like a 30-second clip from a short film. He had like 20 of them. Yeah. And so every job that he submit to, he would include in the notes I think you can do this on at least some of the casting sites without yeah. violating the terms and conditions. You would include a link to that specific link. Like like you said, war movie, here's a clip of me doing a war thing. Yeah. Um, and well, I, Many of those casting sites you're mentioning actually allow you to link the video to the specific credit. Right. And, and I, I asked my agent, I said, <clears throat> is this something I should do? Like, should I be uploading like 15 different little short clips that you can submit? And he said, no. He said, just do your comedy reel and your drama reel. Keep them under a minute and a half. He's like, don't waste your time doing all these individual clips. But this actor was doing them on YouTube and using that as sort of a backup. Hmm. Um, So I don't know. I mean, something to think about. Yeah. 
anytime we put anything together, whether it's headshot, resume, reel, whatever, you're just telling the buyers, right, the other the other people in the industry, like this is how you get to. This is me. This is what you're buying. If you buy right. me, if you buy, if you, you know, go with me for your project, this is what you're going to get. So, <clears throat> you know, right. if if you can pull off that character, then it goes in your reel. And if if not, maybe it's not a you know not a good idea. So we've got a couple awesome questions to field on this episode. I think we're only really going to have time for one because uh, Alexander's interview is about thirty minutes. So. Let's dive into these questions uh, in just a moment, because first we get to talk about one of our awesome sponsors. Who's that, Trevor? Rehearsal 2, which is the app for actors. We both use Rehearsal 2. We both love Rehearsal 2. We've talked about it many a time in the show, so this is not just a plug. This is something that we wholeheartedly, individually, personally recommend. But if you're listening to this and you're going, what's Rehearsal 2? Well, let me ask you a question. Do you want to learn your lines? Do you want to be off book for your auditions? Do you want to explore your character, make stronger choices? That was three questions, not just one. But think about it and then consider this. There's an app for that, and it's called Rehearsal 2. Uh, you can download it right now at rehearsaltheapp.com slash download, and you will not regret it. Rehearsaltheapp.com slash download. You know, I didn't mention this earlier when we were talking about the Digital Actor Workshop, but I'll just take this time to go ahead and uh, let our uh, listeners and any potential visitors or attendees, rather, to the Digital Actor Workshop know that we're actually going to be giving away a couple of copies of Rehearsal yeah. Uh, yeah. rehearsal to at the Digital Actor Workshop tomorrow. So if you come, you'll put your name on a, on a raffle ticket, and we, if we draw your name, uh, you could potentially win a, a copy of it. So another sweet. another incentive. Very sweet. To yeah. Come. Yeah. Absolutely. So we're gonna have to like pimp the crap out of this episode once it publishes because we'll only have a few short hours for people to. People link up. people listen. They listen as soon as it goes live. That's right. That's right. In in the nobody uh, is behind in in the fantasy in my head. <laughs> yeah, right. So um, I wanted to take this question from Jen. She writes in with a really unique kind of situation that we've never really talked about, but I feel like kind of comes up at least in, in the sort of back of our minds time and time again as actors she says uh where are my glasses she says uh i am an actress in a minor market in san diego she says uh i recently submitted for a web series i saw a call for on a local casting call website and along with my materials i mentioned that i would quote love to learn more about the story you're developing and possibly see some examples of your work they responded it is never professional or polite to ask a production team to, to view a sample of their work. It comes off as, I need to see that you guys are legitimate. So Jen says that she can understand that sort of interpretation, uh, but she's wondering if it is indeed inappropriate, sort of across the board, to ask for more information on a project or to ask to see samples of the work from the people putting the work out there uh, when, they're, when you're submitting for it. Um, she thought she was just trying to do some research, essentially, uh, because she couldn't find anything about the company when she did just a, a general Google search. She, they didn't, nothing turned up. So she didn't really know if she was out of line or not, and she kind of wanted to get our thoughts on it. Um, so, uh, have you ever run into anything like this? I'm bursting at the seams. Okay, about let this it one. rip. Let red it rip. flag, red flag, big red flag. <laughs> Don't work with these people. I'm doing, I'm doing red. You can't see me, but I'm like He's flying crazy. Red flag. I'm doing crazy, crazy red hands. flag hands up in the air, Jen. That's a huge red flag. Are you kidding me? What? You, you arrogant, pompous, entitled, go fuck yourself. Like, no. You were, you were absolutely in the right, Jen, number one. Number two... I have my my representation uh, will often if it's a if it's a specific project a big enough project or even a small enough project they will not actually confirm me for an appointment for an audition unless the other people get them a script. It's something that agents and managers do all the time, and if you are representing yourself in this minor market, i.e., San Diego, um, you are you can you're you're. That's what you're doing. You're representing yourself. So you can absolutely ask for the legitimacy. I mean, it's it's so funny to me that they said um, that they said to you, it comes off as I need to see that you guys are legitimate because that's exactly what you're doing. <laughs> that That's what's so ironic about that. Oh yes, my God. that is exactly what you're doing. 
You've never worked with these people before. You don't know what they're what they're like, what they're putting out there in the world, and you're just asking for that and that alone. We just had this exact thing come up with Jasmine actually, and uh, I got her permission to talk about this on the show. She she got this audition uh, through I think it was Actors Access or, or through her agent, and the script came in and it was it was awful, and it wasn't like. I want to. I want everyone listening to this to practice compassion, and so kudos to anyone who's willing to like put their, put their 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 neck out there, and submit a script to be shot as a short film. Like that that takes balls. Regardless, that takes a lot of guts. So so let's be compassionate about that. But <clears throat> it was just a really bad script. And, you know, I just, I told Jasmine, I was like, you don't have to do this. She's like, I'm not going to. Like, she wasn't going to go on the audition because it was so, the material was just so bad. You know, I just find it interesting that these people are not willing to even put their stuff out. It's like, are you insecure? Are you hiding something? And also, you don't know how the business works. Yeah, yeah. Whew, okay, I'm done. Yeah. (laughs) Hashtag... Rant over. <laughs> I think that is, I mean, I'm 100% on board with you, man. I mean, the, exactly. It's like, what are you hiding? You know, this is somebody that you're going to be collaborating with in a deep way. Like, when you, when you work with somebody on art, and they are acting your words, they are, they are putting their own emotional inner soul spin on your words, what's your problem with sharing the work beforehand? I mean, like... It just seems like a really elitist way to approach it. That very, very much like peon actor, come read for me and don't yeah. question anything I say. Like, <laughs> so exactly, like I, it I is can sort only... of a, sh- a shitting on her process. Yeah, right? I, I didn't I, even think about that. I, I can't even imagine what it would be like to work on set with somebody who um, views would... actors in that way. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's like, it, like I, I read their response. The response that Jen said they they responded to her with, you know, the whole like it's unprofessional, it's you know to to ask that, and I just wonder like wh- what's behind that, like what kind of life philosophy is behind that, and that's really I think where the red flags you want to look for are, you know, it's like not only like are you being a dick in this particular instance, but like how do you view the whole entire industry and the craft and the process of collaboration and creating mm. with another person such that right off the bat. That's your that's your thing. I mean, it's like get your ego out of the conversation, man, and make it about the work. Make it about the story. A friggin' men. So, but you know, and all that said, though, I do want to say, like, from a sort of mm, this is going to sound cruel, but from a sort of less evolved perspective, I can understand why they said that. You know, it, it, I, I didn't even think about the fact that it is a huge ego response. Yeah. Yeah. Like don't 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 question my legitimacy. Right. You know, yeah, that's yeah. that's interesting. Wow. Okay. Well, hopefully that was helpful and not just some <laughs> anti this person screed. Yeah, like yeah. I hope hope we were able to empower you and maybe some of our other listeners and it wasn't just like um Time for AJ and Trev to rant right. <laughs> for 10 minutes. And I, I do want to say I am more than willing to sort of field devil's advocate stuff on this. I would love if somebody feels strongly about like, you know what? No, she shouldn't have asked that. Like there is a certain process you have to respect when it comes to the actor audition for director process. Like I, I would love to hear other the other side of the story if people feel strongly about it. And just just talk about that. Because if we're if we're like in our own bubble right now i want to know you know so like if there are filmmakers listening to this going like oh god this fucking podcast (laughs) look what they're doing contact us this bubble podcast i am i am so open those guys live in a fucking bubble (laughs) fuck those guys guys. (laughs) anyway anyway we should move on before we We uh, should a few more f-bombs we should we should we should roll into uh part three with alexandra and we let her into our bubble. Yeah. Come on into the bubble. Come on Alexander. into the bubble. All right. So, uh, yeah, then, without further ado, here's part three of my chat with um, the incomparable Alexander Boylan, whom people are love, love, loving. 
So yeah, it's been um, a while since we had a reaction like this. Yeah, on the, yeah, <laughs> loving it, on man. Show. She's a powerful woman, um, of a, a very sort of open and honest and vulnerable person, and powerful and vulnerable are a lethal combination. Ooh, yes. And she's she's rocking both like <clears throat> hardcore. So uh, the only thing I'm sad about is that this is the final part. <laughs> Sorry. Playing the tiny world's tiniest yeah. fight. We'll, we'll just have her back, you know. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Easily yeah. solved. Problem solved. All right, part three with Alexander, guys. Enjoy this, and we'll catch you on the other side. this next kind of step of the process yes. because not only did you make two films that were completely different genres yes. I, mean, very, I, don't, I mean I don't know maybe you do but I haven't heard of many horror filmmakers making the jump, jump into, into faith-based, faith-based filmmaking <laughs> also developing live action apps yes and selling these films in multiple markets especially overseas so mm-hmm. but you but you I know I know this is a very common thing it's like you know you, you sell the movie and it's like woohoo movies gets distribution everything's great but the filmmakers typically don't see much money. Yeah. So let's talk true. about that okay. that process. We've had a lot of guests on the on the show talk about the the in, the um, distribution thing and how it's kind of just it's sort of like a false treasure because you don't actually you don't actually make you, you don't make a ton of money. No. So tell us about <laughs> about that process. You you got the, the movies in Walmart. Well, yeah. We're talking about Home Sweet Home. Movies yeah, in Walmart. Home sweet home. It's in Germany. It's in France. It's everywhere. South Korea. South Korea. <laughs> that was pretty cool. When we are saw the, it. the are the checks rolling in for like sixteen cents or like what's the, what's this like? Yeah, that. You don't have to get specific. <laughs> yeah, but, you know. I mean, we sold it for more than we made it. So John and I made our investment back. Everybody who's in the film has points. We'd all love to see money, but it's. They say let go of your first movie and just expect that you're not going to make any money off of it unless you have like some insane paranormal activity. And I, we, we don't have much coming in from Home Sweet Home, but it's okay for me because, like I said, for me, making the film was the joy of life. Selling the movie was icing on the cake. Money is great, but it's not as fulfilling as the fact that it's out there and Mm -hmm. people are watching it. That really, to me, is a win. So I don't, if I, if I concentrate on the money, I think I'll just mess up my mentality. So I don't think about it. One time Image Entertainment did send us, um, uh, you get quarterly reports and we did see how much they made. And we were kind of like, oh my gosh, that's like life-changing money for John and I, but we don't get that. Neither does our team. So John and I just kind of had to go. Let's not go there because that mentality will just make us bitter and angry. And I don't want to be bitter. I've met some other filmmakers that are just so bitter and angry about their what happened with their first movie. I mean, Kevin Smith still talks about his first movie and how upset he is about what happened there. And I just don't want to allow that to make me not love the joy in the process of making movies. You, It's a step. We're taking stepping stones to the future. It's going to happen. It right. just... We just don't see any money. No, the distribution company keeps all the money. But And I know that people talk about self-distribution. This is my philosophy when people like to tell us how we should feel about Home Sweet Home. (laughs) I love how everybody tells me how I should feel. I'm like, thanks. You you, get it all wrong, Alexandra. This is the way it is. (laughs) This is the way you should be dealing with this. And this is what you should have done. I love how everybody loves giving everyone advice. That's why I'm like, I don't know anything and I'm not going to give any advice. I'll just tell my story. And if that helps you, great. But I don't know. I can't tell. All I know is that I made a film that got distributed overseas in four different countries and and made its money back. What have you done recently? Yeah, Yeah, right. So, okay. I don't want to, I mean, like, yeah, you can self-distribute, but I don't have a relationship with Walmart. I don't have a relationship with Target or Redbox or Netflix. Image Entertainment got our movie in Is places. it on Netflix? Uh, it's on Netflix DVDs. The oh, same. bummer, dude. The same month that we released, another movie released called Home Sweet Home. 
and they got to Redbox first, and Bastards. they got to Netflix first. In fact, Redbox had our trailer with their poster, and no people way. were renting their because we were supposed to be in Redbox, and they messed up and put our trailer with their movie, and people were renting it, writing on Redbox, being like, "This is not the movie that we watched the trailer." Oh of. There was a lot of confusion, and and again why you can't let things upset you. Like during that process, we could have gotten really upset that their movie kind of beat us and everything, but we were just like, hey, maybe people will confuse it and then we'll have, I mean, we sold 22,000 DVDs the first month. That's God amazing. Damn, really? You sold 22,000 DVDs? 22,000 DVDs Is that the worldwide first or month. is that just That was just US. Wow. Yeah. And usually uh, a typical indie film sells three to 4,000. We sold 22 and a lot of it had to do with the fact that we had an awesome poster. John and I gave up, John and I were constantly promoting it. We were, we, we connected with horror bloggers. Like we didn't just let image do it. We were doing our own work on our side. We were sending out press releases and connecting with, you know, shock till you drop. And they were all like announcing it. So we did just as much work in promoting that as probably image did, but image got us, in Walmart and on Netflix and stuff. So I always say like, if I had self-distributed and tried to keep all the money, there'd probably be no money because we wouldn't have gotten it out there and maybe we would have made 20 bucks. We actually made some money, wow. significant money. Wow. So I look at it like, hey, Image is amazing. They took a tiny independent movie and they, they gave us such an incredible release that I couldn't have done for myself. So I feel like yeah we all won you made enough money to keep <laughs> to keep going to make your next film we did we to did make an app. I mean, to make an um, app game which we all did that yeah. on our own time and, and I, our I, own money I, I want to talk briefly about the app before we go there i'm curious as to what doors this has opened now since so you've now had a feature film that's yeah. been distributed internationally mm -hmm. you've, you've made some money you've got yeah. a little bit of reputation Obviously, the acting thing is not even a concern anymore because you can just make your own jobs whenever you kind of want. Well, yeah, and we just, uh, we finished a film called Catching Faith, a fe our second feature film that we made, a faith-based family football movie starring Bill Ingvall. And originally when I, uh, my sister, my sister wrote the script with us and John and I wrote it. And originally I was supposed to play a different character and I kept saying, I really want this character. Finally, I was like, wait a minute. I'm the producer. I'm going to take that <laughs> part. That's what I decided to become a producer was that as an actress, I get to play my dream roles. All opposed. Too bad. Too bad. Yeah. You know, everybody was on board and, and I, yeah, I checked in with myself and myself said, yes. So we, I took the part that I always wanted that and is. I got to play one of my, and I'm the lead in home sweet home. And then I got to play my, the, the, the mean evil girl in catching faith. And I had so much fun. Um, and that's what's great about being a producer. You have control and you can, yeah. you don't feel out of control anymore. That's and right. I'm so that's creatively right. charged and I love what I do that I can't even imagine going back and sitting on my couch and waiting for someone to knock on my door and find mm -hmm. me. <laughs> and now are people knocking on your door now that you've got Now we have, yes. Yeah. Like we have a couple big meetings coming up. We had a we were um, approached by the distribution company that bought Home Sweet Home in France. They offered us money to make a movie. Um, wow. That was amazing. When he was like, I have this amount of money and I want to give it to you guys to go make whatever you want. Like, I, I love Home Sweet Home. I trust you. Let's make another horror movie. And we were like, that's awesome. That's amazing. With, obviously, with the sort of understanding that they'll get a first look or something well, like no, that. No, they or... are a distribution company. Okay, so they so would, like, they're like, make it for us. All we have to do is just make a movie and hand it over, and that's... A, that is incredible. That's incredible, because like, the process of, dis, of, of when you get a distribution company comes on and buys your movie, there's a lot of work involved in deliverables, something we didn't know about. So again, like we just like kept learning all of this process that you really need to learn before you bring in outside people. Because when the deliverables came for Home Sweet Home, John and I were like, oh my gosh, I don't know how to do this. How do we do this? Like, so, I mean, thank God we had sales reps and they helped us and stuff, but here's a big process. It's not like, oh, I'm gonna sell a movie and then you're just done and you're like, yeah, no, right. you, it's a lot of work so goes let's, into it. Just for, because I'm not, <laughs> Sorry. I, 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 I sort of know about deliverables. You know, yeah. I've done a lot of video editing for like small companies and things like that. So I know about, essentially you've got different file formats to deliver, different sort of resolutions with a poster and things like that. Oh but, but for people who may not be familiar, including me, with the sort of right. larger idea of that, what what is, what is deliverables Well, entail? obviously you have to have all your paperwork in order from everybody who worked on the film. Now, Home Sweet Home, it was not so hard because there was only five people and a few people, but you have to do all the closed captioning. You have to have all the music. You have to like... 
I don't even, it's just overwhelming yeah. to even think about all the stuff that you just don't, you have to figure it out. And you know, my husband's amazing. John does a lot of it and, um, he figures it out and, oh, you have to deliver for home sweet home. He had to deliver, you know, all the photos and any, just every, everything. And that takes, it took us like, we didn't leave our house for like three weeks when we were doing the deliverables. Cause it was a lot of work and we had to do it by ourselves and it, everything. Yeah. Closed captioning, things like that. Like yeah. if you also have to have it, uh, not subtitled, there's some, a, a lot of different things you have to do, especially if you're going to sell it overseas that you're responsible for. Um, I wish John was here. He, he, he knows it a little better than me cause he's more technical than I am and deals with a lot of the computer stuff that I'm like, but we did it together for home sweet home. And then, um, and then also just the promotion of it. We, we didn't just give it away and, and, and walk away. We worked really hard on making sure that the word got out there and your it, yeah, your, your job's never done. And, mm-hmm. and that's, I think I've just learned a lot that you think you want something and then you find out that you're like, Oh, that's actually a really hard, but if you love it and you stick with it, it's okay. But it does, it's called the deliverables. And then they put your movie through something called quality control, which is QC mm-hmm. and yeah. QC goes through your movie with a fine, uh, fine tooth comb and they pick out everything that's wrong with it. Now we did all the sound design and all the color correction in that movie. So when they came back with like 60 things that were wrong, we're like, well, we don't have the money to go to a post house and fix this. We know that there's issues with some sound and stuff, but we're doing the best we can. So thank God that image entertainment met us halfway. Cause John and I didn't have any money to go and fix some of the issues that we knew the movie had. And we were really nervous that they wouldn't accept our film. Cause if it goes through quality control and they say this image is wrong, you've got to stabilize this or this sound drops here. You got to bring, you know, and we're doing it on our own little computers and they're doing it in a studio. So I'm sure they're hearing stuff we don't hear because we don't have the equipment like a sound post house would have where you're like, and we'll show it in the movie theater and we'll be like, oh, wow. Yeah. Like this doesn't hold up in the theater. It only holds up VOD. (laughs) So, um, that stuff you just have to keep in mind when making an independent film that your movies, if you sell it, you're going to go through quality control and they're going to, they're going to pick your movie apart and it's going to take you a lot of time to get it to the level of what they want. If you don't have the money to go to a post house, then you have to do it all by yourself. And that's, that is not easy. I, for about five no. minutes, I worked for a sort of quality control subtitling oh, company okay. and mm-hmm. I did like maybe half a job with them. It wasn't long, but it was enough to learn about all that, that, side of things entails and they were somebody that gets hired by the distribution company to do all this they get hired by the distribution company it's their job to pull it apart and some of our choices were artistic like we have lens flares in home sweet home but they call that a problem and we were like no we want we want the lens flares abrams ever heard of them yeah yeah lens flares are a thing now they're a thing and they're so beautiful and um you know like there's this um image where you look at a um uh, a window and it looks like it's moiraine but it's not it's just a double pane window so they kept saying there's a moiraine problem we're like no 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 that's Moir- just moiraine moiraine is when the camera oh, I know. And it, freaks out right and it's you get that I might spinning not say thing it correctly. we had yeah. we had a lot of that in our movie we had used the canon mark 2 5 the 5d the 5d in home sweet home and the camera freaked out on a lot of things so we called in favors and that's another thing like having awesome friends who know how to do things like we had so many friends save us during Home Sweet Home because we had a friend, Morgan, is still come in and fix all the the moiring. He had to like, like, uh, and then uh, Evan Gladell's brother, Wyatt Gladell, he's a m- magician with able to pull out license plates because we didn't have any rights for our license plates. Things you don't think about. You had to get That's rights for a thing. license plate? No, you can't even use license plates in movies because um, there, unless there's like seven, there's like seven numbers you have to get to make a movie because license plates continue to be used and you can't show that in a movie you can't really you have to get the ones that you film productions request them from the government is that because it like links to public records yeah exactly and then someone else might have that and then it's in your movie and then yeah and then you can get sued we didn't know that and that's that's another essentially putting your information out there that's another thing was like since we were so indie we didn't know about all the laws and the like that we couldn't show license plates and we had to have so many things taken out in post-production that were that they were like that's gonna um uh what's my brain just went blank on the insurance the insurance about you know your insurance will be really high on an independent movie if you didn't go through the correct steps to take to make sure that you're not going to get sued by anyone i mean there's like 
pictures in our movie that we don't have the rights to. We didn't think about that right. stuff, yeah. you know? So it's just, you know, all those... We learned now in our second movie, we had the rights to every photograph and everything that you see. Anything you see, we knew this yeah. time we'll make sure we it have the It is 100% research. Yeah. Right on. We, right yeah. On. So it's the deliverables and, and all that stuff. It's just a lot of work and it's great. It's just be prepared for a lot of work unless you have the money to hire a post <laughs> Right on. Yeah. So now that you've got... Um, some some work under your belt mm-hmm. and you've been through the yeah. process a couple times now people are starting to knock on your door i know yeah. you said before we started recording that some really exciting things are happening that yeah. you can't talk about can't just talk yet about it, but, but it's just proof that like if you if you put your work out there if you have enough confidence to show up to create something to ship it that ship it. that work Love begets that. work and and you'll start moving up the sort of ladder so to speak and, yeah, and, and bigger we, and bigger jobs will come your way we had more money for catching faith than we had for home sweet home we got investors who believed in us who i mean that's their thing like no one's gonna believe in you until you in a sense prove yourself you know it's like we proved that home sweet home we could do it from conception to completion so when our and the awesome story about how we even got catching faith our second feature was that we sat down with our sales reps, Instrument International, and we're talking about the next movie. We had a horror movie that we were trying to pitch and make happen. And they were like, hey, have you ever thought about doing a faith-based film? And I was like, well, my dad's a minister. But no, I've never really thought about that. But I am a believer. You know, I wouldn't make something that I didn't believe, you know? That's so funny, yeah. man. You're really good at depicting on-screen gory, violent deaths. Have you ever thought about making a movie about God? God. And, and I was sports? like, well, John and I are storytellers. You know, I don't want to yeah. be put in any category. We can tell any story. So yeah. we were sitting there, we were like, that's a story. We'll tell it. They were like, they told us, we have to have a football element. You guys can do you know, decide the rest. So they got, they became the executive producers and they got the funding and we got to make the movie. And that was so like, freaking so sweet, man. great. It was so like, sweet. and I, writing that story and telling that story and now showing that movie to people, we did a test audience screen in LA. And I will say people coming up to you after your movie saying it, it really impacted their heart. There's no better feeling on earth to have oh someone be like, yeah. that really impacted me or have someone call you days later and say, I'm still thinking about that. And I'm going to incorporate what I learned from your film into my life and make my life better. And I'm just like, oh, goosebumps, dude. Yeah, like, that's I why goosebumps. I, goosebumps. That, yeah. And I love horror movies, but there is something about doing a family a movie about integrity and telling the truth and that I, I feel so blessed that I got to make that movie. I can't wait to do another one because I will say that it'll be really exciting when this gets out there because it's actually going to impact people's lives That's and great. change their life, hopefully for the better. And it's not an in your face Christian movie. It's something we really didn't want to do. I grew up watching those movies. So I wanted to make a quality film for believers that could actually enjoy it. Cause a lot of them are not done very well. It's like Christian music. So true, man. Why are yeah. they so bad? So something that John and I felt really excited was I get to do something for an audience that actually doesn't get very good quality films. So I felt excited to be able to give that to the world and say, I grew up watching these really bad Christian movies when I was a kid. And my sister and I were like, let's yeah. do something awesome. Where the cheese for factor them. is super high. Oh, and, and the and in you your make, face yeah. stuff. No, we have a lot of beautiful, subtleties and a lot of really um without nailing you on the head we tell a story and let you ask the questions afterwards we don't even tell you we just let you a great story brings up questions and that's what our movie does it it, it raises questions catching faith will raise a lot of questions and hopefully people walk away thinking about it and talking about it we don't tell you how to feel we just ask you some questions that might open up yourself you know, that's, that's glorious. Make it wicked excited. So, I love it. So we're, we're <laughs> I know. tight on time, but I, I, I do want to ask you a few more questions. Yes. Um, number one, how has making these films um, kind of enriched your acting um, opportunities? I know now your focus is much more on like the producing and obviously you're able to kind of cast yourself, which yeah. is great. Mm-hmm. But if you rewind, you know, 10, 12 years to the version of you that was out here, just focus on acting. Do you find that you're able now to do the kind of work that you had been striving to do when you were Absolutely. that age? Absolutely. I, uh, I, I really admire Britt Marlene and what she's done with her career. Oh, don't even get me started on her. Her I and I used to study together. Crush. Yeah. Oh, we studied together at Harry her. Master George, and I, she was fantastic in class. She's fantastic, and I admire what she did, and I, I am so 
blessed that I get to be the lead in a film where I get to carry a story instead of trying to get a line. Like as an actor, you're, if you're just trying to build credits, you're just trying to get lines and, and a show where it's like, you want fries with that? The doctor will be right with you. I am so, it's so much better as an actor to get a part that's rich and, and you get to tell a story as an actor instead of being just like a moment you know, and I, I've been really blessed that all my independent films, I was kind of the lead in a lot of like things for the asylum and other stuff I've done. But now I feel like it'd be silly to try to go back to like auditioning for little tiny things. Once I want to have what Britt Marlene has, I want to showcase my work so that people would give me an actual part. And that's what Britt has done for her career. But with Another Earth, she showcased her ability and that brought her to the attention of Robert Redford and getting real roles yeah, yeah. instead of like fighting for a couple lines on something. Yeah. So, so, so more specifically then are you, are you kind of being, is, is the kind of work like the, the, the meaty, the meaty, meaty, meaty guest stars and things like that. Is that kind of work coming your way or is that no, just off your radar now? You're like, I'd, I'm not even, I'd, if it comes, it comes, but really I would I'm about love to, but I think there's that part of me that works so hard to get healthy that I don't want to go back down that road because I don't know if I could handle it and I don't have an agent I'd love to have an agent anybody want to be my agent great but I'm not going to spend spinning my wheels trying to do that when that didn't work for so long and what I'm doing now my first feature film sold so I'm like okay I am on the right working it's working so if it's working, keep working it. If that didn't work, I'd, I'd love to do what you're talking about. Someone asked me that the other day at a women in film event. I was like, I would love to do it, but I'm not putting my focus into it because it didn't work. Right. Once. I learned my lesson. You got to live and learn, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't like learn all this and then go backwards. But if I got representation, I have an agent in New Mexico. I audition all the time for big stuff in Albuquerque, New Mexico. If I could get one in LA, I'd absolutely love to do it. But right now I'm just having so much fun doing what I'm doing. So. Yeah, yeah, that's great. You know, there's a there's a, an interview with Steve Jobs floating around out there on, on YouTube somewhere. It's just a clip of a longer interview. And this was done like 20 years ago. He's mm-hmm. super young. And I think Apple was just starting to kind of get back on its feet after almost going bankrupt or whatever happened back in like the mid to late 80s, early 90s. And he said something that really stuck with me that I think really applies here, where he mm-hmm. said something like, you know, when you when you kind of look around at the world and you see that everything is the way it is everything from like the way street signs look to the way you know traffic lights work to the way i'm thinking of traffic because we're in la but you know <laughs> to the way menus on the on the the restaurant are, are, are formatted or whatever it's yeah. like when you look around and you realize that everything is the way it is because somebody thought that was the best way to do it and enough people agreed that it just became normal mm. is when you realize that that's how that's all it is is just a sort of mass agreement yeah. and that you have the power to make something better or to change that or to contribute to to the transformation of that it's like that's when nothing in the world becomes impossible that's when the world opens up to you and you can do anything and i feel like that really applies here it does. making films making your own work it's like you're looking and you're saying these Christian movies aren't done that well, mm-hmm. you know, or, or, you know, I want to play this kind of role and nobody's kind of out there offering me the role. So I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. And, and we made a female driven Christian movie. If you look at Christian films, they're all male driven. And we said, let's change that. Let's put a woman in the lead and let's, um, we just, is that is really exciting to get to be somebody like the lie. All right. So your pizza adventures are app game. We were creating something that had never been done before. I've never seen a live action app like Pizza Adventure. A movie game where you watch a movie and every 30 seconds you make choices that change the course of the story. And everybody told us it can't be done. It's going to crash phones. It's not going to work. And we said, just because no one else has done it doesn't mean we can't be the first. And we pushed through it. It took us two years between making the game and then programming the game. And then when we submitted it to Apple, we didn't even know if they were going to approve it after two years of work. We didn't know if they'd say, this is not a possibility. So imagine our excitement when Apple approves it within like five days, the app was got, you have to go through a, a approval process. It usually takes a long time. And Apple approved us right away. And we knew someone who worked there and said, they're really excited about this because this shows the their technology and what it's capable of doing is your app game. Now, granted, we don't have money for marketing and PR and you need to have money for that. That's why self-distribution, we're kind of self-distributing the app. So nobody really knows about it, but it is a phenomenal um, platform. And we created that. And I can't tell you that how proud I am that we, I said, you know, 
we haven't made any money off the app and we haven't made our money back, but no one can take away the fact that I did that, that we accomplished that and we did it means more to me than anything else. And I think that's what artists truly, if you're truly an artist, you're the process. It's what the creativity and the hunger for creating beats out the money. The money will come. I know it's going to come. It's already coming for us now, finally, <laughs> finally. But it was never, it's never been the ultimate goal. Right. And it yeah. can't be because I wrote a whole article called Passion Versus Profit because when you're in the middle of a project and you're a year in and you have no idea if you're going to finish it, it's the passion that will bring you to the end, not the idea of money. Yeah. That is not going to sustain you through a career. It just... Because money is nothing but a means to something it's else. Nothing. That's nothing. That's all it is. You can buy some stuff, whatever. I don't need to buy anything. I want to be creative and I want to do what we just talked about. Look at things in a new light and say, hey, what could I do that could be different? What yeah. story can I tell? What platform of entertainment can I create that is a new way of watching a movie and playing a game and putting it together? You know? Yeah, yeah. And when I die, at least I, I left that legacy behind, you know? Amen, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we have two questions we like to kind of wrap up uh, with okay. with all our guests. And they always get really fascinating answers. So I'm excited to hear. Uh, it's based Ooh. on our conversation. I'm excited to hear your answers. So the first question is, do you feel like this career path chose you? Or do you feel like you chose it? Ah, I totally chose it. Really? I chose it. I went after it. I wanted it, um, especially acting. I went after that. You know, I didn't have it very easy when I moved to LA. Things didn't come to me very easily. I couldn't get an agent. I couldn't get auditions. I met a lot of girls who'd be like, I just got an agent because I was in the mailbox and I met my mailbox and someone's like, I'm going to rep you and boom. Like, I've seen that happen. That didn't happen for me. There, it has. It's never really come easy to me. Um, so I would say that I choose it. I go after, I work really, really hard and I love it. And that's why I'm like, I'm going to do this and make it happen. Cause in my life, it, things have not, I've watched a lot of people with sort of like when you, they say everything touches to gold, you know, when they touch things, I'm not that person. I've had to work really hard for what I have. I've had to like struggle. I've had to wait tables a lot longer than I wanted to. So I would say I chose it, but I love it. So it's okay. Awesome. Awesome. I love, I love that. And the second question is, if you could take all of your experience, all your victories, all your sort of stumbles and sort of needing to restart or whatever it is, everything that you've learned on this journey, if you could take all that and distill it down into one nugget of advice to pass on to somebody kind of walking the path behind you, okay. what would that nugget of advice from Alexander Boylan be? Wow. Pressure. Well, I always say you can't work hard enough for someone to choose you. And that is when I finally figured that out, it changed my entire way of thinking because no, no one's going to choose you. No one's going to love what you do more than you do. You have to love it and then people will love it. And when people ask me, oh, what kind of movie should I make or what should I do or who should I be? I go first, what do you want to do? Because if you love it, then it's a pretty good chance other people are going to love it. But you can't do something or be somebody to try to please other people. You have to love what you do first, and then other people will follow. That's what I would say. I would say whatever you're doing, just you've got to love it all the way through. And if you don't, and especially in this industry, then I would pick something else. If there's something else you really love, maybe go after that. Because... For me, my career and everything I've done has been sustained by a love and a passion. And because things haven't come in easy to me, I've had to work really hard. But it's okay because I'm working hard at something that I actually have an insane joy and desire to do. I'm crazy. Like, if you get me excited, I'll talk forever about how I get so excited about being creative. So you got to have that sort of mentality about it and don't do anything to please other people. Cause that's the, that will fail. Cause you can't, you go around a room and ask everybody what's good and everybody's going to give you a different opinion. So there is no such thing. It's only what, what is good to you? What do you love? What you, what, what turns you on? Oh, that is a nugget of wisdom right there. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Alexander, thank you so much. Oh my gosh, thank we're going to feature links to, um, the sort of index of your articles on Ms. in the biz. Oh, thank um, you. And we have a book out. 
Yeah, that's right. The book is awesome. I have it sitting on my bedstand right now. It's called Tenacious, Tenacious Tales. Is that the it's one you were talking about? It's Thriving in Hollywood, yeah. Tenacious Tales and Tactics for Missing the Biz. And it's amazing yeah. women giving advice, giving you nuggets of information that I wish I had when I moved here and at it's, 19. it's great for men and women alike. Absolutely. It's great for men. Yeah. When I, when Helena gave me a, a sort of gift copy and I just kind of flipped through it real quickly, expecting to see a lot of sort of female-centric stuff, but mm-hmm. it applies universally. Oh, it's absolutely yeah. universal. Yeah. Absolutely. And... It's when Helen and I sat down to do this book, I thought, this is what I'm giving to the world that I wish I had when I was 19. Oh, man, it is. It is great information. You're saving a lot of people a lot of years of struggle. A lot of years. You'll get to bypass a lot of the mistakes I made. (laughs) Take the shortcut. Read the book. Read the book. (laughs) Um, And if people want to find you online, connect with you. I know you're on Twitter. I'm on Twitter. Facebook and all that stuff, too. I'm on Facebook. Uh, Alexandra Boylan. I'm on Facebook. I'm on my movies are all on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. You've got a website. You've got. We have a, a website. Mirrortreeproductions.com yeah. is that's the name of my production company, and you can look up all our films and our short films and some of the things we did years ago when we were learning are on there, which I think is really important for people to see where people came from, you know, like to see where we started and where we are now. Even when you see Home Sweet Home, just catching faith, we've come so far. And mm-hmm. the next movie that we're going to do next is going to be even better than the next and the next. And it's really exciting. It's I so know exciting. stuff. I heard things. <laughs> it is um, exciting. Awesome. Alexander, thank you so much for taking the time to be here. I know thank you drove you. out from Sherman Oaks all the way to Culver City. <laughs> all and, the way. It's not know. as far as Albuquerque or Boston. That's right. It's true. Good point. <laughs> It'd be a lot further if yeah. I had to get a plane from Boston. So. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> uh, but really appreciate you taking the time to be here. Thank you. I had a great time. Everyone, welcome back to the bookends. And uh, as we bid adieu, adieu to Alexandra. Uh, Alexandra, if you're listening, thank you so much. And uh, for the rest of the, the listenership out there, you know, I guess what was it that uh, that you liked so much about this this mm. interview? Because then that will help us, you know, bring on similar folk. Yeah, yeah. people people of the Alexander Boylan ilk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's cool too is we into have the bubble in in the membership. Uh, each episode gets its own sort of like forum post, and we've had a few people kind of jump on and, and share what their reactions were to the you know specific parts of the episode and especially the interviews. And so it's it's kind of cool to see episode spe- specific and content and idea specific sort of banter yeah. about about the stuff. So it's cool to dissect these uh, in a community like that. So yeah. I'm looking forward to um, seeing what, what this one churns up. Hmm. Yeah. Excellent. Cool, man. Well, uh, what is your pick of the week, Broski? So uh, this is kind of cool because both of our picks are books. So, um, yeah, reading is power. Knowledge <laughs> is power. My and they're both G.I. Joe. <laughs> they're both uh, they're both like sci-fi books. Uh, not to like completely give yours away, but mine is uh, the first of a three-part series by independent authors. These guys wrote a great book that I recommended a while ago called Write, Publish, Repeats, and they also have a podcast called The Self-Publishing Podcast, and it's all about being an independent author and publishing directly to Kindle and Nook and Kobo and running a, a business as an author. And I think I loved the book. I recommended it before because there was a lot of overlap, I think, with uh, you know, a creative career in, in acting and, and film and theater and TV. So this is their latest offering. It's a book called Invasion. And it's about an alien invasion. And it's the first of a three-part series. The first two books are, are now out. They're available. And I'm reading the second one right now. So this is just the first one. It's only five bucks. You can download it straight to your Kindle uh, on your computer, your iPhone, your Android, like whatever. Digital yeah, kind- thing. Kindle's apps are Kindle's ubiquitous apps, yeah. now. Uh, and it's just, you know, as far as independent books go, it's fantastic. It's it's so interesting to me that the, the sort of line between a big six publisher book and a completely independent guy in his basement book like the the, the quality is is like in, it can be indistinguishable these days mm-hmm. like if you want to you can appear and have all the sort of weight i'm putting this in a strange way but you, you can really do battle you can go toe to toe with with books from you know penguin and random house yeah and well stuff it, like that. it's happening in every industry right like yeah. it started with um I get. Hmm, I don't know if it started with music. Maybe it started with like YouTube and 
making your own DIY sort of filmmaking. Yeah. But it's happening. It's happening. You know, it's happening in film. It's happening in television. It's happening in in music and and you know where there's independent artists that are not signed with a quote unquote label. Yeah. Um, and now it's happening in books. It's it's fascinating. It's, it is really cool. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So the book's called Invasion by a guy named Sean Platt. And I think his buddy, Johnny B. Truant, wrote it with him. But uh, link on our website in the show notes. Uh, uh, an enjoyable read. Enjoyable read. I love that alien invasion stuff, man. You guys, I, you guys know. Any, anything that has the world coming to an end, I'm a fan of. <laughs> I don't know why. Like, cool. seriously, give me zombies and, you know, aliens invading and, you know, 99% of the human population has disappeared or something. like Anything <laughs> right. like that, I'm like, ooh, this is fun. Like, yeah, yeah. It's just a fascinating, fascinating thing it's to me. It's apocalyptic yes. stories. Yeah. Apocalypse. I, I don't know why I'm into that. That's, I, don't, I gotta, maybe I should see a therapist. Um, anyway. <laughs> Your pick of the week. Yeah, my pick of the week is also, it, it, the world has become very apocalyptic in my pick of the week as well. Um, a lot of people are probably familiar with this already because I'm a little behind the, the ball. I think it came out in like 2011. And now Steven Spielberg is turning it into a film, but it's called Ready Player One. So good. It's a book by a guy named Ernest Klein. And anyone who... I would recommend it to anyone, but I would especially recommend it to anyone like me who was um, either A, a child of the 80s, or B, a child of the 80s who also played a lot of video games and watched a lot of like 80s movies. It's, it's, a, it's a really fun book, and, I, and anyway, I enjoyed it, and I know you have read it, and anybody who reads it just has a good time, whether or not it's, you know, whether it's yeah. literarily amazing or not, it, people have yeah. a good time reading it. <laughs> you know what's cool about that book is it, it describes a future that is almost likely in many ways mm. with a sort of emphasis on video game stuff it's a cool book man yeah and it's gonna be a great movie yeah yeah it'll be fun especially with spielberg at the helm it'll yeah. be a good time yeah so we have a listener pick also from a longtime listener tom burt and he recommends something called the talks and he describes it as or maybe this is how the the official description goes but the talks is a weekly updated online interview magazine every week the talks publishes an interview and portrait with a leading creative voice of our times a curated selection of interviews with personalities from the fields of art film fashion music and sports and it was founded in 2011 by sven schumann and johan bonk 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 <laughs> Uh, they have a huge amount of great interviews, Tom says, uh, with people like Anthony Hopkins, Christian Bale, Marion Cotillard. Cotillard, thank you, Cotillard, and uh, and Michael Caine, people like that, discussing their lives and how their exper- how their experiences relate to their craft and journey. So, uh, the dot com, but it's the dash talks dot com, and a link to that in our show notes as well. So, thank you for that uh, recommendation, Tom. It sounds awesome. Sounds like a little bit of a an IAP competitor, <laughs> frankly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially since, you know, we just had Anthony Hopkins on. I know, I know. Oh, these people. You know what? I didn't see J.K. Simmons' name there in that list, though. Oh! Mic drop? Oh! (laughs) Damn! No, it's not. Talk burn. (laughs) Talk burn. Pod burn. So that's uh, that's Invasion by Sean Platt and Johnny B. Truant, Ready Player One by Ernest Klein, and The Talks found online at the-talks.com. Lots Sweet. Of good stuff to check out. Yeah. Yeah. And we have, uh, because of the popularity of the membership, we actually have a backlog of thank yous to get to. So we're just going to get to a few today. We'll save some for future episodes. But big shout out and thank you to uh, Christopher S- uh, Sandana. Yeah, Is that I think that's right. Yeah. Sandana. Scott Nickley, Kai- Kiko, Kiko Suda. And Shane Willis, just a few of the people who have jumped on board. Big, big thank you for supporting the podcast, and uh, I hope you are all getting uh, a tremendous amount of value out of the membership itself. And uh, we've also got uh, our, this is what, like our second member win of the week? I think so, yeah. 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 Uh, So we wanted to try out uh, something new instead of doing like a, a patron of the week or a member of the week. We want to start doing member win of the week. We have a section of the membership where you can actually go in and like say what your big wins were for that week, that month, that quarter, what have you. So we want to sort of start to celebrate this. And um, this week we're highlighting uh, uh, member Michael Lutheran's pilot script reading, which um, he's been working on the pilot itself for quite some time, but he just recently put together a reading 
and it sounded like it went off, it went really well. And not only that, but the thing I loved about it is he didn't let anything stop him. Like there were a lot of circumstances that came up with like actors dropping out at the last minute and stuff like that. And um, he just he kept pushing forward, you know, yeah. and um, set up a couple of microphones so that his partner, that his writing partner, could uh, could listen back to it later on. And he got feedback from the actors and. He is submitting paperwork to SAG on Monday, which was probably yesterday, for a promo that uh, they're shooting of the pilot later this month. And he said it feels so good to see results. So, yes, Michael, man. congratulations, buddy, and that you are our member win of the week this week. Yes. I love <laughs> it. Michael's been super active in the membership, too. It's been awesome. He's really uh, contributing quite a bit. All right. Well, today's episode of Inside Acting was produced and co-hosted by me, Trevor Algott, and the inimitable A.J. Meyer. Uh, Jen Levin is our production coordinator. Gadali Gubrek is our marketing and web director. Jasmine Bristow is our director of public relations. And Deborah Smith is our community manager. Trevor Algott composed our theme music. You can sign up for our weekly email dispatch and listen to all of our recent episodes at our website, InsideActing.net. You can also find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, and iTunes. And a huge, sh- uh, I was gonna, wow, a huge shanks. I was gonna say, sh- I tried to say shout out and thanks at the same time, and it ended up being shanks. I, I think that's what shout out and thanks would be. Yeah, it's a huge shanks. shanks to our sponsors, Rehearsal Two and Vo to Coco.com. Is that like a, a bad word that I don't know about or a uh, slang? The or only something? thing I know about it is like you shank someone, like you stab. Yeah, someone. right. Like you stab someone like, in the kidney or something. We're stabbing. Yes, we are shanking our sponsors <laughs> in the prison <laughs> showers. Okay, we're gonna discontinue that term. Uh, and thanks to you, our listeners. If you love Inside Acting and you want to help keep the show going, it's easy to do. You can sign up as a monthly member and get really cool perks like access to the one and only exclusive membership mastermind group freebies like access to AJ's digital actor workshop happening tomorrow April 29th at 7pm at the Kirk Douglas Theater in Culver City discounts on merchandise like IAP t-shirts we got a few more designs in the pipeline just waiting to be released uh, and other upcoming podcast offerings lots lots of cool stuff coming up just visit InsideActing.net and click on the membership tab to get started. Woohoo! That's it for episode 190 of Inside Acting. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. In the meantime, come into the bubble, yo. Bye.